Hi, welcome to the PDYC podcast. The purpose-driven youth chapel of Calvary Baptist Church at Oraka is a youth ministry for young adults and the young at heart. Our mission is to exalt God in worship and raise exceptional leaders for the next generation. Join us as we dive into today's message and I know you'd be blessed. Now, listen to today's message. response to God's goodness, giving in response to God's goodness. And we have already read from the main passage, Exodus chapter 35, from verse 20 to 29. I'm going to touch on a few things there, but before I come there, let me take you to a passage that you are very familiar with, one of the most unforgettable passages in scripture, and it's Genesis chapter 4. Before you get confused, it's the story of Cain and Abel. Let me help you out. <laughs> so Genesis chapter 4. I want to read from verse 1 to 7. And as an introduction, share a few things with you over there. I'm reading from the English Standard Version, ESV. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. What a beautiful name that it was. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain was, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock, and of the fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. His desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Praise the Lord. As I said, I know there's a very popular passage. Some passage that once you've been in church for a while, I am confident you know about. Now, many things have been conjectured about this passage of Scripture. People have talked about why God accepted Abel's offering and not, you know, I mean, like rejected Cain's offering. They have talked about the fact that one involved blood and all that. I am not here to prove or disprove any of that. But there is something that I find interesting in this passage that I want to share with you. And it is in verse 6. The Bible says that the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? This conversation that God had with Cain interests me a lot. For me, it gives me an idea why his offering wasn't accepted. But again, maybe for the want of a better word, God seemed surprised about the reaction of Cain. It's like God didn't expect Cain to act the way he acted after the offering. So God was like, hey, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? Why has your face changed? Why are you angry? <laughs> I mean, this shouldn't surprise you. Almost immediately we get from the conversation that God knew, as Cain should know, what was expected of him. It wasn't as though it was so far from Cain, what God was expecting in that sacrifice. I am not too sure what exactly God was expecting, but from the conversation, it is clear that God knew, God expected that Cain should know what he, God, was expecting in the sacrifice. And unfortunately, Cain failed on that front. So God asked him, why are you angry? It's like someone doing something and it surprises you why the person is taking such a decision. 
Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do well, will you not be accepted? Suggesting to me that Cain knew what it meant to do well, just that he fell short of it. There are a few things that I picked from this question, these questions that God asked Cain. The first is that God's acceptance of Abel's offering <coughs> was not a case of choosing one over the other. In other words, they both had an equal chance to present an acceptable offering to God. It was not a competition. It was not a case of two people bring something and let me choose one over the other. God's response to Cain was that if you had done well, you would have been accepted. Meaning that just as Abel's offering was accepted, Cain had an equal chance for his offering to be accepted. Brothers and sisters, we all have an equal chance before God that our offerings would be accepted. If God at any point would accept anyone's offering here and reject another person's offering, it is not because he chose the other over you. It is because you just didn't do well. According to what he knows that you should know to do right. Secondly, what I pick from this conversation is that God expected Cain to know better and to do better. God wanted Cain to take responsibility of, of his offering. He wanted him to take responsibility for his actions. God asked him, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And thirdly, one thing I pick again from this conversation, this short conversation between God and Cain, is that God's questioning was indicative that Cain could have had another chance to do better before him. God's questioning of Cain shows that he was looking for that opportunity. In fact, I mean, he had given Cain the opportunity to do better. To do better. Unfortunately, Cain chose not to do better. Brothers and sisters in Christ, these facts about Cain and Abel are also true of our generation. And it is true of you and I seated here today in the presence of God. I want us to take note of this, that we all have an equal chance to present acceptable offerings to God. It is not a competition. Again, that God expects you and I to take responsibility for the acceptance or otherwise of our works before him. He wants us to take responsibility. You didn't fail because of me. You didn't fail because of your wife. You didn't fail because of your husband. You didn't fail because of your parents. You, if you are ever going to fail, it's because you knew what was right and you chose not to do it. We are responsible for what we do in the name of God and for God. We are responsible. We are responsible. And again, we should know that even when we have messed up in a previous time and in a previous opportunity, that we have a chance to do better before God today. Three things. Let it not leave you. To know that you have an equal chance to take responsibility and also to know that even when you have messed up in the past, today you can make it better by the grace of God. Now, this conversation and this passage of scripture sets the tone for all Christian work and labor and sacrifices in, in the scripture. Everything that we do for God and in his name, this passage sets a certain tone for us to emulate. It sets the path the criteria, it says the boundaries of how God accepts us and embraces us. Some important lessons, and again, I am retreating some of the things in this way. Some important lessons we can learn from this passage is that God wants us to know that he owns us. 
Psalm 100 verse 3. I think Pastor Felix talked about that, right? Where is he? Before, before the service began. It is he who made us. We are his people. We are his, if we are the sheep of his pasture. It is he who made us and we are his. That's what the Bible says. When we come before God to give an offering, we come knowing that we ourselves are an offering unto him. We belong to him. We belong to him. We are his. I remember once, um, I have a nephew now. He says he's a big guy. He's in UCC final year, tall, bigger than me, and so he thinks he's grown. <laughs> I remember when he was a small boy, and I've lived with him most of my life. I mean, I mean, like he lives with me. When he was a small boy, once I handed him something, and I wanted to take it back, and he's, he, in fact, he decided not to give it to me. As a small boy, I mean, short, I mean, very small boy. So I was trying to take it off his hands, and he was, you know, you know, pulling up all his shoulders and all that. And the unfortunate thing is that, for him, I mean, is that instead of, you know, going down, maybe holding it between his thighs, he decided to lift it up away from me. And he forgot that I was taller than him. So just when he, because when he wants to take something out of my hands, I lift it. So just following my example, he also wanted to, you know, take, you know, I'm like, hold it away from me. And instead of going down, he decided to go up. So he lifted it, trying to take it away from me, me behind him like this. And I just snatched it from his hand. I owned him and he didn't know. I owned him. He forgot that I taught him what he was trying to do. He forgot that I mentored him. He forgot that I brought him up. It is he who made us. We are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. When we forget that God owns us and we are trying to hide it away from God, when we are trying to hold it off from where God can reach, we forget what David said in Psalm 139. That even if I make my bed under the depths of the sea, even there your hand would reach me. All of Christian sacrifices, all of Christian work, all of Christian actions, all of Christian offerings stems from this one foundational truth. That it is he who made us. We are his. We are his people. The sheep of his pasture. It is God who owns us. We are ourselves a property of God. Secondly, God wants us to demonstrate our love and honor for him through the sacrifices of our lives and resources. So when we have an opportunity to give to God, when we have an opportunity to, to actually do something for God, it is actually just a demonstration of how much we love him and how much we honor him. And I tell you, I don't know, maybe, in fact, many of you might be very rich or from very rich homes. What I realized was that rich men get better gifts than poor men. I have an uncle I stayed with growing up, and he was a very rich man. And sometimes people would buy shoes of thousands of dollars and come and dash to him. And this is a man who could already afford those kind of shoes. When they are given to a poor man, they go and buy something that a poor man can keep. So the way, the measure of our giving, the measure of our works before God, really exemplifies the value we place on him. That's why David said that I will not give God anything apart from my best. So our opportunity to give, to work, to sacrifice our lives and resources is actually an opportunity to demonstrate our love and our honor for God. God doesn't take pounds and dollars and CDs and euros and all that. When we give an offering here, I don't know, Pastor Philip, have you seen an angel pick it up before? God actually doesn't need it. But when we give, it shows him how much we value him. He wants this for the work of the ministry. He wants us for the work of the ministry. And the way, the measure of our giving to God 
And here I'm talking about money, I'm talking about our lives, I'm talking about everything. The measure of our work and sacrifices to God shows and demonstrates how much we love Him. Recently, I had, I've had multiple opportunities to do something. I'm unable to share into detail. But last year, I made a vow to God that this is my calling and this is my life, the one you have given me. And I want to give it back to you and everything of it. So these other opportunities were really tempting. Just last night, someone called me, a friend of mine called me, Charlie, I mean, carry through this. This, this, this is a good opportunity. He said, you know what? I've been praying about it, and I realized that God wants all of me, and I can't take this opportunity. It can change my livelihood, as a matter of fact. It, it can change my present status. But again, I realize that God owns me. I'm not saying the same for you. That's why I'm not mentioning it in detail. So that you wouldn't say that, okay, Pastor Felix said that, and so that means I should do same. That is mine. That is my measure of work and sacrifice to God. I don't know about your measure of work and sacrifice to God. But what it means is that whatever we give to God demonstrates our love and our honor for him. Thirdly, I've mentioned, and I will keep, it, keep repeating it because I want you to live with it. God wants us to take responsibility for the works we do before him and to do the best we know as he expects of us. And lastly, God wants us to take advantage of his grace and mercy when we know we fall short so that we can do better than yesterday. So that we can do better than yesterday. It is important for us to note that in all these conversations of God with Cain, he put, in fact, God made the offering of Cain secondary to the heart of Cain, to the posture and the person of Cain. Maybe the reason why we never know exactly what, perhaps the kind of fruits or grains or whatever Cain put on the altar was because God never mentioned it in, in, in that conversation. But one thing we know he mentioned, he said that you, I see sin crouching at your door. Your heart, your heart is being searched for by sin. Your heart, you, 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 why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do better, it's you, it's you, and you, throughout that conversation, God was spelling out the heart of Cain to him. God was telling him that look at yourself. This is not how I made you. This is your decision, and you've got to take responsibility for it and do better next time. This is not what I expected of you. You, you, the offering is secondary to the offerer or the giver. We realize that God was looking at the heart and the person of Cain and all the items that he placed on the altar. To God, the sanctity of our offerings is defined by the sanctity of our hearts. That is how God measures how holy and how righteous and how acceptable our offerings are. He doesn't change the priorities. He sets it aright and he looks at our hearts first beyond every other thing. Do you know one interesting thing? When the Holy Spirit saw that Ananias and Sapphira had lied or perhaps they had taken away the money, he gave them another chance. When they stood before Peter, Peter asked, is that all? And I'm confident that in that moment Ananias could have said, my Lord, you know what? I wanted to give 100000 But when I looked at the money and I looked at my financial resources, in fact, I decided to give a 50. Maybe he could have been saved. God gave him a chance. It was not so much about the money he brought, but the heart with which he did it. 
Maybe he saw many others giving and he wanted occasion to also display what he could also do. That was the disposition of the heart. And God looks at the heart. The sanctity of your offering is defined by the sanctity of your heart. God looks at the person. He accepts the person before he accepts the offering. In Exodus chapter 35, the passage that we have read, the Lord instructed Moses, Exodus 35 verse 5, he says, take among you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever is of a generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution. Gold, silver, and bronze. Gold, silver, and bronze. The Lord wanted the people to give, but it was clear what kind of giving he wanted. And he said, Whoever is of a generous heart. Remember the condition was not whoever had much or whoever had little. Not that. It's not mentioned. As a matter of fact, see the order of the items he mentioned in verse 5. Gold, silver, or bronze. God would take any of them. But first he said, whoever was of a generous heart. Christian giving. It's, in fact, this is foundational to all Christian giving. And like I said, he accepts the person before he accepts the offering. In verse 20, we read that when the people heard the instructions of Moses, they went to their homes, prepared their offerings, and they brought it back. And there are some phrases and sentences in that whole passage that I want to emphasize this morning, perhaps this afternoon already. Four times in nine verses, four times in nine verses, the conditions of the hearts of the givers was emphasized before what they brought to the Lord. Four times in nine verses. And trust me, every Bible teacher here will tell you that cannot be a coincidence. It cannot be a coincidence. It was a precondition, the condition that ought to be met before the sacrifice was taken. Because that was the condition God has set in verse 5. In verse 29, the Bible says, Everyone whose heart stirred him, and everyone whose, whose spirit moved him. In verse 22, it says, All who were of a willing heart. In verse 26, it says, All the women whose hearts stirred them. In verse 29, it says, all whose heart moved them. It could not be a coincidence. From the beginning of their instruction to the end of the description of their actions, this was repeatedly emphasized. The heart, the heart, the heart, and the heart, the heart. Today, I didn't come to tell you why you should give, but perhaps to challenge you to know how to give to God. I'm not talking about quantums and I'm not talking about grades and rankings and kinds of giving. I'm talking about the person that gives and the person that God accepts. Not only do we see in the examples of the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3 to 5. Please, can I have it on the screen? 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3 to 5. There is, a, there is an example of the Macedonian church. The Bible says, For they gave according to their means, and as I can testify, even beyond their means, of their own accord, begging us. They were begging us. Earnestly for the favor of partaking in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. It was a willing offering, an offering of your own accord. It didn't have to come with coxine and all sorts of drama and all sorts of things. It was an offering from their hearts. 
Remember, this was the church that in Acts chapter 16, an angel appeared unto Paul and said, come unto Macedonia and help us. And Paul is telling the church in Corinth that these people, in all their poverty, they were begging us. Not we begging them. We, they were begging us for the privilege and the favor of partaking in the giving of the Lord. They were begging us. What a congregation they were. Maybe that's perhaps the congregation we are today too. Or perhaps we are not that congregation anymore. Pastor Jewel, sometimes don't we beg before people give? Also, don't we beg? This wasn't the example of the Macedonians. They were begging Paul. Paul said, you are poor. Keep your resources. They said, no way. We want a part of the favor of God. We want to be a part. We want to be a part. That was the attitude and the example. And the Bible says, Paul said that even beyond what we expected, they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us. They gave themselves first to the Lord and then to the ministry of the apostles. Out of their genuineness of heart, their names are ever inked in this annals of the gospel. Calvary Baptist Church, can we also, of a willing heart, out of our own accord, out of our own will, beg the ministry of the Lord, let me be a part, let me be a part, let me also give to God, let me sacrifice something to God. Can we? What a blessing will be. What a blessing will be. What a blessing will be. I have lived my life, in fact, sometimes, in fact, at some point in my life, my pastor called me a church mouse. I was in KNUS this second year, and people thought that I was schoolless, let me put it that way, because they couldn't understand the level of my commitment to church and God. They thought that maybe I didn't make it, so I was home. But honestly, I was about a first-class student then in school. You know what? I've lived my whole life giving unto God. This year marks 15 years that I copied a ministry from this church. In 2007, I was here. I joined the Teens Chapel once and I had an announcement about Vacation Bible School. And then I took it to my church. And in 2008, we started, in fact, our own version of Vacation Bible School. 15 years this year. You know the amazing thing, for 15 years running, in fact, we missed two years, 2020, COVID, 2021, we missed. For the 15 or 13 years or so that we've, we, we've done that ministry, only twice has my church ever put money into it. Everything has come from me and people like me. And do you know the amazing thing? This year, this year, I have been in Accra all the while. And do you know the people who organized this year's Vacation Bible School for me? I went with my money, told them, this is what I want to bring. They said, Osofu, we don't need it anymore. We have more than enough. Do you know the people who did it? The children that I started training from class four, class two, class six, they were the sponsors of Vacation Bible School this year. I couldn't be prouder. I couldn't be prouder. Some of them are in Canada, US, UK. We have a platform together, not knowing that because of what they intended to do, they formed their own platform. I was calling for money. Hey, people, bring your money. Nobody was minding me. I was bashing the hair. You also, of course, you don't mind me, not knowing they had their own plan. And before we could organize it, they brought the money. Bam, we have excess now. They brought everything. They said, you don't need to give out again because you have given to us already. And I'm so proud. I'm so proud that I have had an opportunity to give, to give. It's not my church. It's about God. It's about the ministry. To be a part of the lives of others. 
to give ourselves first unto the Lord and to the ministry of the apostles. To give ourselves. We've given it all. I'm not a rich man. Those who know me would tell you I'm not. But we give it all. We give it all. Everything of ourselves to God. Let me charge you as I close. The standard and expectation of God is not different for you and I today. And let me charge you one more time what I've already stated to you. God wants you to know that you are his. You are his own. God wants you to demonstrate your love and your honor for him through the sacrifices of your lives and resources. God wants you to take responsibility for the works you do before him and to do the best you know as he expects of you. And God wants us to know this one thing for sure, that we should come boldly before the throne of grace where we may obtain grace and find mercy in times of need. He wants us to take advantage of his grace and mercy when we know we fall short so that we can do better tomorrow. I don't know where you are in all these things that I've shared. Are you Abel or are you Cain? Are you of the example of the Macedonians or you are the example of some churches that I know? Are we the kind that God can be proud? Are we the kind that testimonies can be shared about us? That they gave themselves first to God and they gave themselves fully to the ministry. I want to challenge you. It's a blessed calling. It's a blessed life. Sometimes when I talk about God's blessings, people are looking around to see what I brought to church. I didn't bring anything. I came on my feet. But when I talk about God's blessing, today we're singing here. I've got joy, 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 joy overflow in my life. I've got joy, 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 joy overflow in my life. Jesus gave to me and no one can destroy it. I have joy. In my heart, deep, deep down in my heart, there is something that God gives that no man can give. And there is something that when God gives you, no man can take away from you. I have a godly heritage, and I'm so proud of it. What about you, my brother? What about you, my sister? Shall we stand to our feet? Let us remember that God accepts our person before he accepts our offering. And that the sanctity of our offering is defined by the sanctity of our hearts. I want us to enter into a time of prayer. Um, please, why are the singers? Can you sing with me? Come and make my heart your home. Please, please, is it a familiar song? Come and be everything I am and all I know. Search me through and through till my heart becomes a home for you, a home for you, home, a home for you. I do open up a door for you to come through and my heart will be a place where you want to be come and make my heart your home come and be
somebody to my heart to my heart become a home a home for you For you, home for you. Oh, home. a home for you. Oh, let everything I do open up a door for you to come through. Then my heart will be. I don't know the state of your heart before God. The sanctity of your offering is defined by the sanctity of your heart. Can we pray to God right now, the Lord, come and be everything of me. Let me be you and you in me. Me in you and you in me. So my mother was quoting a scripture from John 15. He said that if you abide in me and my word abides in you, then you will be fruitful. Then you will be my disciples. Then you will be the kind of persons I've called you to be. That's the calling today. That is the tall order today. That is the demand that God has placed on your life and upon my life. Come and be everything I have and all I know. Come and be everything I am and all I, be, I, I can be. Be in me and be my Lord. I wanted to make that decision. Sometimes our faith in God wanes. Sometimes our love in God dwindles. But today we've been learning about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Let us call on God to refresh us one more time. The refreshing strengths of God. Refreshing waters of God. May God refresh you and I one more time. A place where God can call home in us. Home in our hearts. Where God comes and He feels at home. Open up a door for you to come through. And my heart will be a place where you want to be. My heart, your home. Come and be. Sing it as a prayer you mean it. I am, I am longing for you, Lord. 
Mercies of God pouring out right now over us. Come unto me, all ye are burdened and heavy laden, and I shall give you rest. Rest from the burden of your souls, rest from the stress of the life. 
Rest from the weariness of the flesh. Rest, rest in me alone, thou saith the Lord. Rest in me alone. I don't know whatever you're going through. I sense the outpouring of grace all over this place. If only you would reach out to God. If only I may touch the hem of his garments. I shall be made whole. Somebody with your mouth open begin to touch the hem of God's garment. Begin to touch the hem of his grace. Touch it that your lives may be renewed and made whole once again. That your faith by your faith you shall be made well. Give it all to Jesus. The stress and the burdens of your heart. Lift it up unto prayer unto the Lord this day. In prayer unto the Lord right now. Pray to the Lord, the Lord touch me. Stretch forth your arms of grace upon me one more time. Stretch forth your arms of grace upon me one more time. Stretch forth your arms of grace all around me. Embrace me in your power. Embrace me in your strength. Brothers and sisters, we need Jesus more than ever. The darker than, you know, you know the times, even more is the grace of God that he supplies. God is able to give us grace to overcome the generations of our time. The things that seek to wipe us out, God is able to lead us out of it and save us by his power. Pray to God right now. Whatever you're going through, and tell God, oh Lord, I surrender it all to you. Everything I am and all I own, it is all up in your hands, Lord. I give you my life. I give you my heart. Be Lord over me and be Lord all over me. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We thank you for this time of your blessing and favor. We thank you for your mercies that are new every day. We thank you, the Lord, you are with us and you will continue to be with us. We thank you for your assurance of your presence and of your blessings, of your favor and of your kindness unto us. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Now, before I sit down, let me pray a prayer of David over this church, of everyone here. It is a prayer of thanksgiving and of offering unto the Lord. Where there is you, I will fill with Calvary Baptist Church. And I pray that the Lord will bless you even with this. I am reading these blessings from 1 Chronicles chapter 29 from verse 11. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hands are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now we thank you all, our God, and praise your glorious name. But who are we, Lord? And what is our people and our heritage? That we should be able thus to offer willingly. For all things come from you. And, and of your own have we given you. For we are strangers before you and sojourners. As all our fathers were. Our days on earth are like a shadow. And there is no abiding. O oh Lord our God. All this abundance that we have provided for, for your work. And for the building of your house. For your holy name comes from your hand and it is all your own. I know, oh my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of our hearts, we have freely offered all these things. And now we have seen, I have seen your people who are present here. Offering freely and joyously to you. Oh Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel. Our fathers, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in your hearts, in, in the hearts of your people, and direct our hearts towards you. Grant to Calvary Baptist Church and everyone here a whole heart that they may keep your commandments, O oh God, your testimonies, your statutes, performing all, and that you may be, 
O Lord, and that they may build the place for which we have made provision for. We thank you, O Lord. We bless you, O Lord our God. The Almighty, the head of your church, the king of this assembly. And we pray that shower this grace and perfect it in the lives of everyone here. Your name be praised as always, even now and forever. In your name we pray, O Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the PDYC podcast. We trust that this message has brought great transformation your way. Connect with us on our Instagram page that's at pdyc.cbc and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get podcasts. At this point, we would want to give you a special opportunity to give your life to Jesus if you do not yet know Jesus Christ practically as your Savior and Lord. Say this heartfelt prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross to save me from destruction and from aborting my purpose on earth. Please come into my heart and reign as Lord and Savior from today. Wow, congratulations! If you said this prayer to the Lord from your heart, you are now a child of God and heaven rejoices over you today. You are invited to join us or any Bible-believing church so that you can grow strong in Jesus. For counseling or help, kindly call 0244-997760. PDYC, a shining light to the nations.